Welcome to Puns and Potions. It's your favorite actual play, a D&D podcast powered by Patreon and people like you. Gentleman has just strolled up. You're eavesdropping. Whose ass are we kicking? And presumably someone, I expect probably Bear, would turn his head to look. Uh, and there is Leo. Um, he's, uh, you've you know seen him but didn't speak to him at the exhibition fights. He's just a, you know, broad-shouldered dude. He's got blonde hair. He's got just like a scruffy kind of not long beard but does that like classic thing where like in illustrated burly men characters like the beard comes out to like a triangulated point on his jaw you know it's 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 not huge but it's like it's it's shapely picking at some of the food there in my theater of the mind i imagine they were like kind of behind me and i'm gonna just like nod my head and roll my eyes or like tilt my head behind me pointing towards Strahd and his brother i guess <laughs> Yeah, they're a bunch of stuck-up pricks, right? That's right. I don't even know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I didn't even dress for the occasion. <laughs> yes, uh, I mean, I wish I didn't have to, but it's the formality of noble life that we've bought into. Again, I roll my eyes. You're uh, not a fan of these parties either, huh? It's all a front. Everybody wants something, and that's fine, but I don't need to be a part of it, and they seem to think that I do. You know, when I want something, I usually just say it, you know? I don't know why people beat around the bush like these guys. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. And uh, as you are conversing with him, you notice that Petrina has made her way across the room. And it looks like now the conversation between Sergei, Tatiana, and Strahd has begun to break apart. And in the moment that Sergei turns to walk away and Tatiana kind of catches up, she turns and everybody make a... Insight check. 10. 20. 27. Jesus, okay. 6. Wow. I was like a hawk, yo. Apparently I have good insight. <laughs> Avalon and Selena would notice that what is about to happen was purposeful, and that is that when Tatiana turns to follow after Sergei, Petrina, who has made her way up, bumps into her and spills the um, drink that Tatiana is holding uh, kind of on her a little bit. And then Petrina immediately puts up a front to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, like the whole thing, right? And then she tries to beckon like a servant or whatever to come kind of like take care of the mess. Sergei goes to step in to say something. And then almost as if he's kind of like appearing out of nowhere, like you didn't really have a track of where he was in the room, but Rahadin shows up and kind of steps in, attempts to like kind of get in between Petrina and Tatiana for a moment. Ever make a insight again? Nine. Eleven. 15? 17. Rahadin comes up and is basically like putting himself into the situation, just kind of assert order before anything gets like, you know, too out of hand. Not that it was boiling up, but you don't quite sense anything undercurrent about any of this. But Rahadin basically says like, Sergey, be a good guest and go fetch the young lady another drink or servant or whatever to help her out the situation. And then Leo, who was in a conversation with Bear, as this has gone down, he has now looked in on the situation. He grabs a, a drink off of a uh, servant who is basically walking out to go make his rounds. And he just leans over to Bear and goes, this looks like my inn. And he walks into the group and lays a hand on Petrina's back and starts to try and talk to her a little bit. At which point, Strahd is now alone with Tatiana. Uh, so I kind of, Rahadin is by himself now. Yes, he's kind of just observing all of this stuff. Uh, yeah, it yeah for he's just kind of like 
he like stepped in, but no one's like made with... his directions, and now he's yeah, now he's just kind of off the scene. I'm gonna bit. approach him actually. Okay. Ideally, they are semi close to Strahd still, so I could maybe peek a listen. But give or take, yeah, a little bit. I think my focus is this conversation. That was that was well handled. It seemed like a, a fight almost broke out. Rahadin won't look in your direction. He's still kind of like scanning the room, it seems, but he will just mutter slightly. He'll basically just say, it's not a surprise. It's very much like her, insinuating that uh, he's been keeping an eye on Petrina's attitude. She's a, a troublemaker, huh? Well, she certainly has interests, and she knows how to get what she wants. What? Or at least tries. What does she have against... This woman. I don't think I actually know her name, <laughs> but I'm referring to Tatiana. You will say that, and he will not respond. He's actually going to walk off from the group, uh, and I'll have you make a perception check. Like he's just turning and going? Because I, I want to like kind of catch him if he is like walking off. Sure. Yeah, you can try to. Like I notice him, like his attention wavering. And I'm going to kind of like, you know, I'm not going to stand in front of him, but do that like slide around to where it's like, oh, you're still like kind of facing me, even though you like turned around for me, you know, be like, oh, sorry, I, I don't think I've introduced myself. I, I believe we met before. Uh, my, my name is, oh, God, what did I say my name was? <laughs> I'm just going to say my name is Bear. My name is Bear. Uh, I, I think I saw you in the exhibition match a while back. As he, he doesn't stop, he'll just continue to walk and he will say really it's unlikely i would recall someone so uncivilized and he'll just keeping his way uh did you roll your perception uh no i will oh 17 i think i have a plus one yes um it looks it looks like he's making his way across the room in the general direction of where patrina's twin brother casimir is situated and at this point anyone else that's paying attention yeah, Alexandra will be breaking away from her conversation with Gabriel Andrel, and she will come up to speak to Strahd and Tatiana in their little duet. And she comes in and is like very warm, very welcoming, like not really doing the whole nobility thing. She's not doing all the formalities. She's just genuinely coming in and being as forthright and nice as she can, like genuinely checking in on Tatiana to be like, she kind of knows the situation and she's like genuinely concerned about tatiana's like feeling anxious she's picked up on that i assume tatiana looks probably like frightened right she's not like already not in her element and someone like politely attacked her <laughs> yeah yeah she's she's definitely trying to keep it together as best as possible i think she's everyone eh, inside check anybody who's watching mm -hmm. i think at this point avalon might actually while Bear went and did that, could I have walked up to Leo and Petrina? Sure. Five on insight. 28. 14? Sorry, not 28. 23. Beatrice and Selena would notice that it seems like she is... Tatiana is probably less anxious about the instigation of the situation, but mostly concerned about how this is making her look. She's not necessarily concerned about what Petrina did. She's mostly just very put aback by the fact that she's now like a standout um yeah so you walk up to uh leo and patrina i'll have your own insight as you walk up to them seven yeah it looks like they're just getting on with the conversation um leo is being 
confident and probably trying to straighten his back and flex his muscles a little bit. Patrina looks just as uh, annoyed as she ever does. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna walk over, gesture to um, uh, to Tanya. Well, reckon that stain's probably gonna last for a couple of days. Cheese, and I gesture to Leo first to offer some cheese. He won't look at you. He'll just kind of put a hand up where like the back of his hand is facing you and go, "No, I think we're all right." <laughs> I think I'm gonna like tilt my head a little bit to like get in Leo's line of sight. Right now, I'm just not fully paying attention to Petrina right now, but I'm just going to hone in on Leo. Ah, a private conversation? He will uh, make a perception check. 27. Uh, yeah, you look and see that his... He tilts his head just slightly and his eyes move past Petrina um, to uh, Alona, who is the human woman in the room. I guess that's not very descriptive, but she was basically described to you guys at, uh, by the exhibition official as like kind of a shady, darker dealing woman. He basically looks in her direction for a moment uh, and then turns to you and says, yeah, he'll say sternly, um, it was a private conversation. Uh, perfect, then. And I'm just going to like um, take a look at Petrina and just try to see all i'm gonna say is i'm gonna like gesture my hands outward in like a very very confident stance we've been well met on the battlefield all those months ago do you remember she will Hmm. i just want to see if she remembers me and if that stuff transition you're deciding Mm mm-hmm yeah, I'm trying to figure out exactly how she would feel about the situation uh-huh. in the greater scheme of things, which is always the always the question, but roll an insight. 11. It's not great. She is not looking at you. She's not looking at Leo, and she just says, oh, I guess it didn't make an impression. Double got him. Mm. Yeah, that breaks Valen's heart a little, but he gets over it. Well, regardless of whether it made an impression or not, just wanted to say hello again after all those years. It's kind of interesting that someone of such low class is here tonight with the Lord himself. As you say that, you feel a hand on your like lower um, forearm. Mm-hmm. And you notice that there is a woman standing next to you. You notice that Leo, was. this is who he was looking at it's alona she she came over yeah she has like jet black hair short she kind of tugs on your forearm and goes i don't believe we've met she's just okay uh yeah i'll i'll turn to her and go ah another person with which i'm glad to make my acquaintances with what is everyone else doing at at the moment that avalon is having this conversation um (laughs) selena what i think v is just watching selena Trying to see, like, what does she want to do? And I'll, I'll, in that process, like, say, like, do you want to see if I can get you into Tanya alone? Tatiana alone? No, I messed up. To, to talk? I don't know. I, I, I don't think that I would be able to say anything to her. Like, I, 
I, I think Selena is genuinely like just observing, trying to see like why we're seeing this. Because she, like, I don't know. I, I guess that she still thinks, you know, we're in like a storybook or like a journal. So I'm like, what makes this significant? But I'm like, I don't think that talking to her will solve any of my of my questions. So I think I'm just going to kind of like, what are what is Strahd and like everyone like what is Strahd and Tatiana? What are they standing near? Like, like set the scene for me. Like what's around them? Like just other people. Yeah, it's mostly just a clear hall of like mm-hmm. bunches of groups of people. And they're making making their way around. Obviously, mm-hmm. the servants are like circling and going throughout all the different mm-hmm. groups, making sure everyone's okay and stuff like that. And specifically, right now, uh, it's Strahd, Tatiana, and Alexandra are in this little sp- splinter group that are just a little bit a ways away, maybe 15, mm-hmm. 10, 15 feet away from you. And at this moment, you guys are all kind of talking and just like taking in accounts of everything. Um, Sergey comes back and you would essentially overhear a conversation transpire with a lot of them, which is Sergey basically saying like, it's getting late. We should excuse ourselves. You know, I, I don't want uh, her to be out too late before I, you know, before I take her home. And then Strahd basically insists that it would be, it would be disrespectful to just send her away after she's been disrespected basically by another guest of theirs that they should make that right avalon you would notice that petrina is now trying to step away from leo and into that conversation obviously also having heard what's going on and rahadin who made his way away from bear has kind of turned saw that go down and has intercepted petrina so that she can't step in i have to like throw my voice and be like fight fight Uh, Alexander, who is just genuinely trying to be nice, will say, like, why don't we put her up in a room in the in the castle for a while, just that so she can get acquainted, we can make sure that she's, you know, taken care of, that she's not too shooken up and that kind of thing. And because she is a, a guest of the of a lord, you know, it'd be nice. And um roll a insight check. Everyone or yeah, yeah. yeah everybody that's paying attention to this happening i guess i was gonna say i've probably like made my way as close as i can with b okay mm-hmm. um just so we gotcha well i was just standing by myself after this dude walked away from me so we'll just say that you came to me and we're all just standing very close to this yeah 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 uh 12 also 12 natural 20 23 again uh beatrice would for sure notice potentially this is a not particularly strange emotion and selena would notice that Tatiana refuses the idea, but with respect, in a humble manner. But she, that's like the general idea. But in all of the layers that she is so obviously giving out, what you two would detect is that her refusal is more based in the idea that it is, it would be correct for a lady to refuse. Not that she is necessarily actually refusing Mm. right yeah sergey then steps in kind of backs her up a little bit rahadin will come in and serve as like the intermediary to just lay like the emotionless slate of being like it's not a bother would be our honor it's our duty allow the lord to give you this basically yeah strad would then pipe up and probably say reiterate some of those sentiments but in a little bit more of a sincere tone 
and she would eventually agree and as you hear her like kind of shyly accept out from her everything in the vision just kind of uh, turns away into mist again and as everything falls away the first thing that you hear as the vision is beginning to recollect itself of course all the people are gone walls mirrors chandeliers all that stuff is gone and the first thing you hear is that same voice that was once timid and reserved you hear laughing like in a genuine like giggle and the first thing you see is that she is now sitting on this little stool uh in a grandiose paneled what looks like a music room her hair in fact as the vision coalesces has grown several inches the vestments that she was wearing have been replaced by a what looks like a beautiful summer dress and then the sound that fills the air as everything collects is a stunning like harp drifting throughout and as that hits you the mist pulls into the actual harp and you see as the arms form from it that it is strad and he's plucking it away and it looks like they're entirely at peace uh, he's enraptured by her joy and in this moment that's almost frozen in time they begin to sing like a nice tune um, and because of the way that the room is built uh, it, that sound like kind of reverberates and almost harmonizes with just the two of them and that moment lasts for just a moment and then you hear the door click as the walls of the mist solidify and the door into the chamber opens and sergey enters and as he kind of bounds across the room she quickly stands up bows to him he hurries towards her and hugs her so tightly that she almost rises from the ground and i'll have everybody roll an insight check three nine 18 19 Again, Selena and Beatrice, tuned into her a little bit more than the others at this point, would notice the distinct tinge of a little bit of uncomfort, un- uncomfort in this moment. And as he raises her off the ground and spins her, the entire image of the room spins as well, and the mists, the colors fade away, and... She is the only thing that does not disappear in the mist. In fact, the mist of the room completely coalesces around and her outfit kind of blossoms out into this large red gown with a petticoat. And the mists recoalesce and you see Sergei and he's wearing very nice clothing. And then that entire room that was once a, a music room reforms into the ballroom again. And you hear the tune of that uh, pipe organ. There's a small band. You see all the, the crowd again. He puts her down and her hand is outstretched with Sergei's. They're intertwined. They're twirling. They're floating through a crowd of nobles that are all doing the same kind of dance in unison. And then you notice a uh, perception check, actually. Let's see who notices. Hmm. 19. 14. 15. 12. Because everything's moving around here, it's a little hard to say. So I'm going to say Bear is the only one um, that notices across the room uh, is Lord Stradvon Zarevich. He is not dancing with anyone. He is just looking over the scene very starkly. And as this like rapidly changing, forming mist is all these people dancing, you notice that slowly one group fades and another group fades until you are just left back in that white intermediary step. And the second half of the passage comes in to the book. But it was as if the sun that favored me had been all along hidden by a cloud. While I felt its warmth, its brilliant glory shone in full upon him and him alone. I think it's about to go south. Mm-hmm. 
So is this, is Strahd really just jealous? Is that really what this is all about? I, I saw him staring when they were dancing. He was like mad dogging him. When it comes to love, people will do insane things. Uh, apparently. Well, was it reciprocated is my question. I don't know. You, you don't like remember this? Bro, it's not me. <laughs> it, it looked a lot like you. But it's not. That's the thing is that it's that it's all right. I think. OK, whatever I am, maybe I'm related to her. Maybe she's my mom. Actually, I have no idea. But I mean, I don't look anything like my parents and I've never heard anything about it. So I, I don't know. I told you we'd get to the details later. Well, that time is now. This mix of dice and bad jokes is an actual play D&D podcast run by five Twitch streamers gone rogue, prepared to bring you lovable characters, meaningful narrative, and more laughs than you signed up for, but it can't exist on its own. Puns and Potions is made possible by the loving support of our supporters over on Patreon. From perks such as getting ad-free episodes, early access, exclusive merch, and personal shoutouts, you too can reap the benefits of a loving patronage to this very podcast over at patreon.com slash potions. That's puns, A-N-D, potions. For just one singular dollar a month, you can keep this fantasy alive. Now, to our other sponsors. For us at Puns and Potions, community is a big part of what we wish to represent, and one friend and community member I want to throw at you today is Astral Dice. Full disclosure, I personally had a hand in the creation of Astral Dice, and it will continue to be a long-standing partnership. But just like the PMP crew, my Astral sets are the only thing I use to roll, and that's the truth. They're a handful of guys homebrewing dice sets out of their homes, because like us, they're super passionate about role-playing games, and can't accept just some mass-produced dice they bought from a hobby shop. They craft new sets when life allows it, and post them online for you to snatch up, or just admire the designs. So it'd be cool if you went and checked out their website, astraldice.com, or follow them on Instagram, at theastraldice. Thanks for the time, now back to the puns. Um, the next passage will come in. It, it does take a little bit longer to form. Uh, it's 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 a little it's a little bit denser, but not huge. One would think the ritual for casting a love spell or creating a love a white fil- filter. I think yeah. <laughs> filter it is. How you say that? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> okay, uh, let me start. <laughs> One would think the ritual for casting a love spell or creating a love filter would be more common, but my books were bereft of such things except for a single short treatise on the subject. The writer's conclusion that love was a force that could not be successfully reproduced by magical methods struck me as being inanely smug. I began dealing with something far beyond my experience in magic and needed no wise teacher to tell me it was deadly. In this, as you're reading this passage and the scene unfolds around you, it is again one of the recurring locations that you've been in before, uh, the smallest one, uh, it's Strahd's study. But unlike your previous visit, this one, the the hearth in the room is cold. Uh, the room itself is actually near pitch dark. Uh, there is several 
scattered candles that are lit, but they're burning to the point where the wax is spreading out onto the surfaces of the tables and chairs and the desk. Uh, their flickering light is casting a long, long shadows on the shelves, which now are fit, bursting with tomes. Books new and old that even in a glance you presume contain... They have a different vibe than the, they were before. These look more like spell books or incantations, studies of magic. And the portrait above the mantle no longer resembles the members of the Von Zarefitch family. Instead, it is a lifelike oil rendering of Tatiana. Red flag, yeah. red flag. Yeah. <laughs> In the far corner of the room, looking over the space, is Strahd. He has his black cloak and he's muttering under his breath, waving arcane gestures in the air with one hand. He lowers it, and wood in the room shifts and creaks. And you may do what you like. You are here in some form. And the fl- the floor is moving. It seemed like he was doing. He was practicing some sort of spell, and as he let it go, the floorboards of like the shelves and things like kind of came to a rest, like they were once moving. Do we hear what he said? <laughs> uh, it's it's sounded more like a. In that moment, it probably would have just been the completion of like an arcane incantation. So not nonsensical, but not without specific meaning, I guess. Does he see us? <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, it doesn't. It, it, nah, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like he's taken notice to anyone in the room. Bear, don't say anything. <laughs> Shit, like I, you, you like put your hand over my mouth, and I'm like about to like <laughs> shout out to him. At this moment, he will just kind of start pacing down the room. Um, And you guys are kind of in the middle. He was in the corner. At this point, he's going to walk in front of the desk. And as he does that, he passes through you guys, basically. Do you get, like, the chills (laughs) as he goes through your body? Um, If we want to get specific, actually, he probably just kind of, like, hits your form. And then the parts of him that are passing through, you would see undevelop back into that mist and then reform when he is through you. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> interesting. I'm gonna swing on it <laughs> and like I'm like so, his back as after he goes through it. me and I'm yes. like oh. are you doing yes, it for real? Bear. yeah, yeah. For uh, the same thing happens you go to swing and whatever you're swinging passes through him as if he is we missed, missed. our opportunity <laughs> can I investigate to see if there's any magic booksies of importance in appearance sure. like yeah. anything that looks special yeah I'd say investigation is fine 19 uh you would notice that on not just on his desk which at this point like i said has wax filled over there's like layers of dirt and like just like things for about looks like what ink was spilled and then dried and not paid attention to that there on top of there is parchment spread about books half open um there's even books and stacks of things like on the floor and he's like walking between them all um, the furniture has been kind of pushed, like the two chairs that were by the hearth have been pushed back against the walls in no particular order. Drawers of the desk are like half pulled out, but nothing in particular sets itself apart than anything else. Okay. It looks just like all manner of just anything that he's studying. The painting on the mantle, mm-hmm. does it look like she's aged or does it look like it would be like from the last time we saw her? Um, in this sense, it's probably no significant change. It's not like, this is not necessarily true, but it's not like as if she was 20 and now this looks like she's 40 or something. Yeah. yeah. And Relatively it, the same stage of life. 
would you say like so the rest of the room is in like disarray right would you say that this yeah painting has been like more so taken care of than the rest of the room or is it also like kind of dusty or whatever um i would say it doesn't stand out as being like pristine but it's all it, it doesn't also look like it's like disregarded yeah i mean there's not like a dagger in the middle of it like no okay. <laughs> no no and you said he's meandering around or he was headed towards the location like he's about to go to his desk. No, he's just he's just meandering at this point okay i want to peek at his desk is there any like open books or maybe some document he's writing or letters open yeah there is a bunch of stuff but like i described to uh Valen, nothing stands out it's yeah it's all just like stream of consciousness yeah like i need this thing in this moment bam i got what i need i'm immediately going to this thing open book flip pages rip page out row here there's no like central book on a pedestal that's flipped to a page that's yeah. like how to kill your brother. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like so. underlined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how does how does Strahd look? Is he like pensive? Is he worried? Is he just like chilling? Roll an insight. Oh man, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be, be and be like, what does he? Lo- what does it look like he's feeling right now? <laughs> uh, Seventeen. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> uh, he looks. Like he's walking and his his head is down and then suddenly it will peer up to the corner of the room and you can see that he is basically speaking without speaking. He's like running words across his lips and his eyes are moving back and forth like he is he's living in a thought in his head and his movement around the room is just like autopilot basically he's a um he's he's like clearly in a yeah thousand yards away. What is it? Yeah, Yeah, right. He's uh he's in his mind. He is in his mind palace. Just for confirmation, in mm-hmm. the portrait, do we see her left hand? I don't know where this question is going. Um, you see a hook. She's like a pirate yeah. now. Yeah, I would say she's probably just like standing with like her hands crossed over like in front of her. So do we see a ring on her ring finger? No. Okay. And she is similarly in very fancy garb, like living the the life here, the noble life. Correct, yeah. So she has been fully... Gentrified. <laughs> Gentrified? She's... Yeah. I mean, it was... I mean, from the party to yeah. the music room, it was clearly a, a fair passive time. And then again... So I guess, like, in context clues, you could probably... Actually, everybody roll a fucking history or nature check. Sure. 19. Natural 20. Noise. Natural 20 for a 29. Jesus. Wow. You really had to one-up me there. You guys are rolling good tonight. I'm glad we're not doing any combat. <laughs> 17. I would say Beatrice and Avalon are the ones to make the connection that the garb that people were wearing at the party looks like it was not completely decked out in like warm clothing. Um, but it wasn't like summer wear. So you're probably somewhere in like spring or fall. And in the music room, she was wearing a summer dress. So you had at least a little bit of movement there. And then everybody in the dance hall, basically, in that third part, was wearing larger, like she was wearing a petticoat, like larger coats. So then you're probably in winter. So it's likely that we've traveled three quarters to like a year and a half's worth of time in all of in those movements. Okay. From the from the dancing to here, you're not sure. But yeah, it's it's been a fair bit of time. 
Can we look out the window and see if it's snowing or, you know, <laughs> there, what there color are no the leaves are? Oh, okay. Every time Strahd walks past me, I'm just going to slap his ghost face and then just, like, go through it. Okay. Has he done anything really wrong, though, yet? I mean, he's, like, harassing, he's harassing a woman and, I like, mean, borderline stalking her. Yeah. I mean... He's clearly jealous of Sergei think... and was being a booty about yes. it. Yes. If if someone's gonna try and concoct a love potion, that's not a good sign. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it, it's clearly like against her will. Are you guys saying this in character? I thought we were. I went to oh. my bear voice, and then <laughs> nobody else was. So I think I'm just speaking to myself. Okay. Okay. I think it's safe to say that the big bad is starting to appear a bit maniacal. He already said that he took over the city without the malevolence of the god but benevolence yeah it wasn't a, neither of those were <laughs> very bare words yeah. but <laughs> it just doesn't feel substantially evil yet we're seeing the other side of the coin but that doesn't but we know where he ends up so clearly there's no question if he's villainous or not because we know how the story ends as you guys sort are of. speaking to one another in the room, you notice that Strahd has stopped his path. And his eyes are fixated straight forward. He's no longer muttering, and his eyes are no longer moving. He stops. And as your conversation comes to a rest, he just says in a very low voice, Who is there? Ooh. I, I make like immediately a, like a shut ghost bear noises. Up. I immediately put my hand I, over I, bear's I, mouth. Like, I am the ghost of Christmas past. Yes, yes. Now Christmas Carol. Me, your conscience. I need all of you to sip it. He will hang there for a moment, and he will slowly turn his. He's facing away from you. He'll slowly turn his head over his shoulder just to get like a side eye back at you guys. Doesn't look like he's looking at any of you directly though. So I'm going to just like kind of stand in front of me like can can you see me? As you say that in that same low monotone. No. And I can hear you again. Again. Well, I've got to say you're being real creepy with this Tatiana person. The amount that Avalon is face palming right now. Why, why are you so obsessed with her? Like, relax, dude. There's, uh, there's other fish in the sea. Have you heard that before? Let her go, all right? Just let it all go. You're crazy. You're literally hearing voices in a private study right now. You're crazy. Oh my god. He will turn back forward, and he will raise his head up so that it's looking at, like, basically the the molding of where the walls meet the ceiling and like that intricate wooden like paneling on it. Um, and you're not looking at his face. So you can't see exactly where he's looking in the room, but he will respond after him. He'll take like a sigh and speak uh, again of all of the voices that I hear. You are the one that is bereft of the most intelligence. And I find it utterly annoying. It's not the first time I've gotten that. Wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait. If I'm remembering correctly, if I'm remembering correctly, <laughs> she has my voice, right? Sort of. It's similar. Yes, go, Selena. Do it. Okay. Do it, yeah. This is your moment. 
I don't know why you're thinking about it. Like, I'm thinking it. about yeah, it just, pull, just to figure what she's going to say, though. Pull a bear and just say the first thing off the top just of your say, head. Just say, hey, baby. <laughs> no. No. I, I was thinking something more in the other direction. Like, leave me alone, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Strahd, leave me alone. You see... Everybody roll insight. It's, it's tough when he's facing away from us, though, right? Yeah, roll it with disadvantage. <sighs> Sorry, man. I had oh to do my it. God. It, just, it felt right. <laughs> yeah, That's an Adam thing. Right. 19. Huh? 13. Wow. 16 oh, at disadvantage? Game. Don't know how I did that. Uh, 15. We've spent a lot of time with him at this point. <laughs> did we all roll above a 15? Somehow. Did anybody, <laughs> roll, a, did anybody roll above a 20? No, right. Okay. You asked that at disadvantage? Hey, you guys are rolling like crazy. <laughs> I, can't, I gotta ask. We got people broaching 30 these days. Yeah. You don't catch anything specific, but he does look down from the ceiling and onto the floor. And then you hear a sigh. And he turns with basically one foot outstepping to the side and then a pivot back towards the direction of you guys. Uh, He reaches a hand up to his chest and looking across the room, basically through you guys, he says, I know this voice is not really you, but just once let me hear you say that you don't truly yearn for him. And before you can say anything in response, <laughs> all of you for a moment think that someone else in your group is speaking up because you hear each other's voices. In fact, that voice is layered against Tatiana's voice. So similar to Selena's, being slightly different. Rahadin's voice, Sergei's voice tons of other people and it's one of those things where like as it speaks like each word your ears like kind of hone into one of them like different frequencies that it's like you don't realize right away that it's one wall of sound all of the voices together into the room say you cannot find what you seek in a book and strad is unmoving his gaze still fixated. And then suddenly in the room, all of the books that were lied out on the floor and on the chairs and on the desks, all wham, slam shut. Like to the point where both of the covers slam up into the middle, into the air, basically. And then they all like tumble back onto the different surfaces, all shut. And the minimal comfort that was once in this creepy ass library vanishes. And then all the candles in the room are snuffed out as a chilling Arctic breeze passes through all of you there's a howling winter wind and on that you hear all of those voices carried through and it just says come to me and as that winter wind passes through you it takes the entire room and it is like the before where the color kind of leaves and then everything is hazy and then it all falls away and you're in that middle area this is a star wars wipe everything is (laughs) gone and all the mists are suddenly that white again but you realize that it's not the white of the mist, it's the white of snow. The growing voices that pierce your mind and the wind that has claimed this entire room, you are now standing in a blizzard on a mountainside before six carved amber statues towering over 40 feet tall, each figure standing deep in prayer with hoods draped over their faces looming over an enormous stone door of a temple. There are, um, now distance from you, about 20 feet or so, three figures, two humanoid and one... A little bit different. I'll have everybody roll a nature check. 17. 6. 18. 15. 
Avalon, Selena, and Beatrice would notice that this third figure is slightly draconic. Um, not huge, maybe like it's still medium sized, elongated uh, wings, some small um, features on its on the edge of its face and down its spine. But the interesting thing about this is that it is not a corporeal form. And you see one of the two humanoids that you now recognize as Strahd and Alexandra Gulim. She leans down to get to eye level with this uh, draconic form. And I need everybody to roll a perception check. Sorry, so it's it's a non-humanoid draconic, right? Correct, yeah. This is like actual like dragon, yeah. but small. 23. Uh, 9. 13. You would, uh, Selena, are the only one to hear carried across the wind, hardly audible, is her basically saying, Anava, I need you to fly home and let them know that we're going into the temple. I'll be back before morning. And this draconic figure basically makes like a little bit of like a like a whine, like a dog would make when it's sad. And she'll just kind of comfort it by rubbing it against one of its like horns, if you could call it that. And it kind of coughs at her and out from the like gray body, you see just like a little puff of embers and then it flap its wings and it just broaches up off of the mountainside and you see it travel away. As you see it take off, I need everybody to roll a history check. Natural 20. Nice. Also a net 20. Jeez, you guys are crazy today. 17. 13. (laughs) What? Of all the people... I rolled a four. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, that's insane. You need to you need to relax. Over there. Right. Everybody would notice you, you rolled fine. Um, it is hard against the blizzard. When it stretches out its wings, it's very apparent that this is related to, but larger somehow, to the tiny little smoke dragon that you guys found in Argon Vostholt. Mm. But as it flies off, um, you see uh, she stands back up, Strahd and her... Uh, clad in their snow-coated armor, begin trekking towards the temple. And as they approach the entrance that is hewn into the face of this mountain, you guys have seen this before, the torches that the guards at the doors are holding go out completely. And you see the silhouette of Strahd walking towards them, bolt, basically, towards the two guards. And then suddenly the fallen snow is painted with a powdered red of the blood of the person that a moment ago stood at that temple door. They then both make their way into the um, you know doorway, and it is obviously quite dark, and you are a distance away at this point. Just so I understand, someone was struck, but they managed to still make it within the building. Yeah, so ooh, they ooh, moved ooh. to they moved to the guards, yeah. moved up on them real quick, and was like, "You're dead," and then they made their way into the temple. So who made their way into the temple? Strahd did. Strahd and Alexandra Golim. Which at this point, I'll give bonus points to where you've heard that name before. Outside of the the visions. (laughs) Outside of the visions. It was outside of the visions. Was it the name of the girl who was at the the keep we went to where we saw the smoke dragon? Or wasn't she there? Um, You're in the right spot. Was it in the in the study, the piece of paper that burned? With every guess, I'm I'm knocking down bonus points because <laughs> you are getting great at the end of the campaign, obviously. Oh yeah, of course. Um, but it was in the keep. Yeah, she wears armor that is affiliated with Argonvost. Okay. Is she one of the corporeal form, like the the ghosties? There, there was another. There was another person there that was related to her. 
Oh. Is this the same as Sir Godfrey? Is that so no Godfrey's that's... sister? Alexandra Glim is Godfrey's sister. <laughs> okay. okay. So the guy who we used to speak with dead on, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I I guess we're gonna approach this temple. Does the this is like still seemingly mist mist dream land. At this point it's nighttime and it's really, really dark, so it's hard to see. I mean Okay. You have like basically the mountaintop and like the temple. It's a large area of the mist. But where in other visions you would see like the edge of the mist is almost blends in with the fact that you're in a blizzard. So uh-huh. it makes it appear as if this is, it's endless. Yeah. It makes it All appear right. as if you're there. Um, then how about where the statues were? Uh, for They were covered in like snow and ice and stuff. Are they, are they, are they still that way? No, they are well kept. They are like, okay, it's dark, so there's okay. no direct light on them, but they are like clearly amber. Um, Question. So. Yeah. I can't remember her Tatiana. That was not the person who was stroking the dragon's head, right? No, no that was Alexandra. That was Alexandra. She went in which... and then Strahd followed her. No, she was she was behind Strahd. Oh. Strahd kind of like zoomed, killed whoever was guarding the gate, went and she in, followed and Alexandra suit. followed. Which yeah. were they af- were they affiliated? Oh, okay. She... Yeah, they were together, I think. Oh, sorry. When you said guards, I think I imagined the amber giants. There were like like no, these people were just, there yeah, that these were dudes. guarding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm following now. I want to check their armor. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, as you approach, I'll have everybody roll a perception check. Uh, 11. 28. Damn. 8. 21. My peepers are peeled in this blizzard. Uh, Selena and Avalon. And I'll give this one to Bear as well because Ooh, of your, of your, your face, B. Of your treatment of the people that were wearing this armor that you've seen before. Ooh. Similarly clad in that like goldish tinted metal, these guards look similarly to the guards on like the, that last outpost um, when you guys were walking up here before the bridge fight. Oh my god, they were attacked by a blizzard that he summoned. We we this is just after where those guys died that when we talked to. Yeah, th- maybe. Yeah, this I, is that, that. might have been hard to follow, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to peep into this building. Do I see forms? So this is the thing. This is the thing. You get about halfway to the point where you can see the bodies lying on the ground who are slightly away from the temple because they were like, yo, what's up? Who are these people on the top of a mountain? And that's when Strahd killed them. So you're at a fair distance away from the temple door at this point. You can't look in. And out from that darkness comes a form. And this is a tall-ass door. And out from it comes this humanoid but incredibly large long arms um golden bracers golden hip piece and the form itself is like blackish dark purple as it moves out of the doorway you see behind it are these long like kind of like axe shaped like thin at the edge and then bend up and down to create these long wings and in one of its hands it's holding like a large crook that is of similar uh, style to its body crook and when you see it's like a shepherd's crook like a like a staff okay yeah like yeah and its eyes are void white or like a like a probably somewhere between white and orange like a little amber but really really light shade and then it has these long horns that are also that same gold as its other adornments that stretch back and curl back behind its head and as it makes its way out onto the mountainside you see in its wings is basically like the night sky it's like this purple galactic pattern 
and you see little dotted stars in it, essentially. This, this may be a long shot, but do we recognize the formation of his head to be similar to a skull that we've seen? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I really no. thought I had a bit. This is, not a, this is not a dragon. This is this is humanoid. Just large and like very... And winged, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's not human, for sure. And you know the horns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still humanoid. Tieflings are humanoid. But... As it's coming out, you see that around its neck, similar in those like amber goldish adornments, is a long chain, and on its chest is amber carved version of the book, of the of the tome that you guys have. What? And you you hear it open its mouth, and it doesn't speak. Like its its mouth doesn't move. It just opens its mouth, and like sound comes out essentially. Oh, haunting! And it, and it just says kind of filling the space but also in your mind uh it just says some stories are not for the weary hearted sealed pages for the weak of will and it will slam its crook onto the mountaintop and out from the ground between you and it these little galactic portals open up and these shadowy forms rise from the ground 